Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchewski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to take my free seven-question productivity quiz. Just go to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Take the quiz and find out how productive you are, really. Pass or fail, I promise you, you will learn a lot. On the show today, Jordan Harry. Oh my goodness, you are in for a treat. Jordan is a specialist, an expert in memory and speed reading. So if you've ever wanted to learn something new, or you want to learn how to read faster, this is the episode for you. So make sure you get a notebook and something to write with because there's a lot of gold. So let's get right to it. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All the way from the UK, if you can tell by my accent. (laughs) Oh, really? You have an accent? I couldn't tell. We'll get the elephant out of the room straight away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, that also gave you away straight away. That you know, mm-hmm. that's something I have to say more of more often. I love that straight away. You know, instead of saying right away, I like straight away. I gotta add that into my vocabulary. I love that word. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. See, it doesn't take much to impress me or amuse me. <laughs> I'm a simple guy. You and I both. You and I both, Mark. <laughs> well, listen, the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because you are a memory and speed reading coach. And mm-hmm. you you help people read faster. I am an avid reader, but I like to. I'm 54. I'll be 55 in, in June, and I like to enjoy my book, whether it's a fiction or a nonfiction book. I like to sit down there with my print book. I don't do ebooks anymore. My print book with my pen and my highlighter, and I just like to enjoy the reading. So tell me, what is the advantage? besides getting through more books in a year, of reading faster? It's a great question. And it's a question that I only get asked occasionally because people are almost scared to say, I like to read slowly. Like almost like they're opposing my belief and my religion. (laughs) (laughs) And Mark, I've put you at ease. I'm not offended. In fact, it's refreshing that that question is the first one you ask because for many people, they believe that because I'm a speed reader, whenever you learn how to become a speed reader, which is anyone who can read over 600 words per minute with a 65% comprehension, mm. and I guess to put that into context, the average person reads 250 words per minute. So often people believe, okay, you're a speed reader, you speed read everything. And that simply is not true. Because even myself, if I was to read a book, on let's say World War II, I promise you I will have to slow down tremendously because there's words and sentence structures and stories that just don't make sense to me. My comprehension of the topic, if I don't slow down, I won't comprehend it. So that's number one. So it's impossible to speed read everything because it's all based on, I guess, two things. Your understanding of the content you're reading. And number two, your vocabulary. And I don't mean vocabulary as in reading another language. Even in the English language, the bigger your vocabulary, the faster you can read. 
And I won't get too geeky straight off the back so we haven't warmed them up, Mark. <laughs> but what you'll find, because we're going to go deep, we're going to go deep, is because um, I love these podcasts. I enjoy these more than probably the people listening because it's a chance for me to really have a brain fart and just spew out all this geeky gems. <laughs> and the reason why the bigger your vocab is because the time it takes for your brain to recognize a word and then to recognize and break down that word in the sentence and the context of what you're reading to then develop your own meaning, that process happens within milliseconds. But what you'll find, and hopefully people listening, is when you see a word you're not familiar with, it stumps you. Mm -hmm. And rightly so, you should go look up that word. You should not keep reading because you will never know what that word means. So that's the first instance where you don't want to speed read all the time. Well, let me let me just interject a couple things here. Number one, yeah, please. Do. Um, when I'm reading a lot of business books, okay, mm-hmm. I the reason why I do slow it down because I'm, I'm an avid reader. I believe that you should spend at least one hour a day mm-hmm. in personal mm-hmm. development, and you should be reading things that are you want to learn about. Don't don't learn things that are comfortable to you. Learn things outside mm-hmm. the realm of your expertise. And just what you said. I find myself slowing down because this is a new concept for me. I can't read it like I'm reading a a novel. The second thing is the only time I can recognize speed reading is I'm one of these people. I read the Bible every day, cover to cover, year year after year. And there's some parts in like Chronicles and Leviticus where they're just talking about all these names. I just like, God forgive me. I just read through them because no one's going to say, hey, um, what were the four <laughs> family members of the subsect of the son's child of the second child move? No one's going to ask me. So I fly to that. I think God will forgive me for that. But that's why I read really fast. Cause I don't need, it's, it's just a bunch of names. I mean, it's just a yeah. bunch of names. I don't have to know it. Um, but my, my first point is yes, when you're learning a new topic, you do need mm-hmm. to slow down because it's new to you. Your brain's going, yeah. what are these words? What are these concepts? Precisely. Precisely, and that that thought process, we all do it. We all do it. And as long as you're aware to it, that's great. It's when you're not aware to it, because if we don't know what our cognitive biases are, that when we see a long name that we might not be able to pronounce, that instantly would laze over it, hoping that we never have to recall it. Yeah. And now, I'll so, tell you one of the words, one of the things I hate when I used to read ebook, and I do read them occasionally, is when mm-hmm. they'll have a word, I'm trying to think of a real simple word like um, frying, F R Y I N G. You look up, you, you, you long press on the word, and it brings up the, on my iPad, it says look up, and you click it, it says frying to fry. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word fry means. So now I have to go look up the word fry because the computer <laughs> didn't know, I didn't want to know what frying meant. I wanted mm-hmm. to know what the word fry meant. Now, that's a very simple example, but that really frustrates me. I want to know what the root word is. And I don't know why dictionaries do that on, on these Kindles and these reading apps. I don't know either. I don't know either. <laughs> that's where ultimately you need to slow down. Yes. And I encourage people to. And then, of course, the second one, which you were talking about at the beginning, which is enjoyment. And I'm not going to lie, in my in my early years when I was coaching, all those many years ago... <laughs> I won't reveal my age just yet. Um, I found that when people be like, well, I don't enjoy reading fast. I took that personally because it's like, well, you're defying everything I'm trying to teach. But what I actually realized was, hold on a second. It's contextual. And not only that, I do it myself and we all do it. And the best analogy I saw, it was in fact, 
as someone who followed me on social media, who was responding to a comment like this, saying, reading slow is just like going for a jog. And you go past a beautiful piece of scenery and you wish to stop and take in the scenery before continuing your jog. And I had been coaching for about three years by that point. I was like, wow, how had I not figured it out that flexing your reading speed was okay? That when you watch a movie, you sit down in the evening and you put it on one times the speed. You don't put it on two times the speed. <laughs> and, then, and there might be some people listening. I don't want to offend you. <laughs> However, you know, I know this is a productivity podcast. And so instead you put aside those two hours and you take your time with it. Mm. And so over the years and, you know, speaking with other people in the industry, other top speed readers and memory coaches, it is all about context. Speed reading is a superpower which you want to turn on and off when you need it because it is extremely tiring when you are performing the skill. So I hope that answered your first question, Mark. It, it does, but let me put my ears into <clears throat> the ears of the listener and say, okay, yeah. Jordan, what if I read fast, I mean, mm -hmm. can I possibly understand what I'm reading? I mean, let's say mm -hmm. I, I am familiar with this topic or I'm reading a fiction book and I want to yeah. read faster because you read really fast, but are you really understanding it? So I know that's one of the things I've always struggled with. It's like when you read fast, are you missing things? So talk to us a little bit about mm -hmm. that. At the beginning, when I guess I started out, a lot of people, like many people, we have our own objections to certain skills. Maybe it's lived experience. You may have been on a speed reading workshop and you may have found it doesn't work for you. Or simply hearing it for the first time on this podcast, you're like, yeah, I don't believe this. You know, And you're right. And I encourage you to question it because if you blindly follow my techniques and you'll blindly follow any teaching. And so having questioned one of the obvious things, which is surely reading faster reduces comprehension and I say yes yes it does and that's why it's so important to develop memory and comprehension strategies first before you increase your reading speed mm. okay because it's sense. great reading fast but if you can't take it in then it's pointless so you're 100% right Mark if anyone listening to this right now jumps into my speed reading course which thankfully has memory first. But if you jump onto a speed reading course, unfortunately you are going to feel overwhelmed because it's just like getting in a car and going from zero to 60 miles per hour or sorry, kilometers, <laughs> zero to 90 kilometers uh, per hour. It seems fast, but let me give you another example. You get in the car and you go from 30 to 90 now, 90 still feels fast, but then what happens is when you drop down to, say, 60 kilometers per hour, 60 feels relatively slower because a moment ago you were going at 90. Mm. And not only that, you drop down to 50. And we all do this in the car. You start to look around. You start to have a conversation. Yet when you go at faster speeds that are just beyond your comprehension or your control in the car, you have to focus on the road. And this is what you find with speed reading is 
When you accelerate your reading speed, number one, you increase your focus and attention because if you don't pay attention, you will miss what you're reading. And number two, when we do training drills where we purposely make people read faster than what they can comprehend and using an application, slowly bring it down 100 words per minute, they find that it's manageable. And it's because it's that theory of relativity. You know, an example I'd like to use, uh, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, is I'm trying, air quotes here, trying to mm-hmm. learn French through Duolingo. And I have uh-huh. used many different language learning apps. Okay, I barely mm-hmm. speak English, as you can tell from my podcast. <laughs> but the thing I like about Duolingo is mm-hmm. it's constantly challenging you, but then yep. it says, okay, let's review. Challenge? Review. Just what you just said. Challenge. It doesn't just say, hey, we're going to go one lesson one, two, three, four, five, six. It says, okay, lesson one, lesson two, let's review. Lesson two, lesson three, let's review. And I have learned, I can't speak French, but I'm learning the concepts and the sentence structures and the verb structure much better because the way they, they've they studied people learning, you have to review as you learn. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about, correct? Spot on. In fact, um, we have a language learning coach within our team. And um, the number one, I guess, number one application to learning a language faster is space repetition, Mm. which Duolingo and many of these language learning apps master to put in. Anyone listening, similar to yourself, who uses Duolingo, you use the review app, you will find that they have an algorithm where if you get the word correct, let's say two days on the trot, you won't see that word for another week. Yep. And this is called the spacing effect. Here we go. Geek alert. <laughs> so when we learn something new, forgetting is useful. I'm going to say that again. When learning something new, forgetting is actually useful because of the spacing effect. And the spacing effect is this idea that when we first learn something, if we can recall it, so bring that piece of information back to the front of our minds, just at the point where we're about to forget that piece of information, it will last longer in our memory. Mm. Now, studies have been done, and it's, as you can imagine, an ugly field to study subject by subject. How long does it take for a person to forget a piece of information? And then calculate on average Okay, two days in, they recall it. Well, technology is getting pretty close to that. And they're getting pretty close to that based on your performance. So, Mark, when you say, yep, I remember the word, no, I'm learning Spanish. I'm not even going to attempt to use French. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the word for clothes is ropa in Spanish. And I remember that on day one. They show it me again on day two. I get it right again. I won't see it for a week. I see it the next time. I won't see it for two weeks. And the algorithm's doing all the hard work for you. And that's why Duolingo, Memorize, Babel, all these language apps that incorporate space repetition are so effective when and you're I, not in the country. And I think the other thing they do really well, and I've used Memorize, yeah. I didn't have success with it. I really like Duolingo, mm. um, is if you're struggling with a word in a lesson, obviously, hey, you yeah. can't complete the lesson until you get all the words right. But mm-hmm. then it'll say, okay, Jordan got that that phrase wrong so let me show it to him in spanish or in french and he can yeah. translate it to english okay you got that right and so they're constantly trying to figure out until they give you that original um statement again and you get it right so they don't just say hey 
it sucks to be you, you got it wrong. They'll say, okay, let us show it to him another way. And it's going to jog your memory just enough. You go, oh, now I got it. The way they do it um, is genius because, like you say, it's got artificial intelligence. The algorithm is constantly saying, okay, he's struggling with these verb connotations, but these he has right. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. You know, when I look back, I didn't see my first computer until 12th grade in 1983. Nowadays, these, you know, my wife does Duolingo and she learns at a different pace than I do. The system and the algorithm knows how you learn. And it can customize mm. it for you. And I, th- I haven't gotten into science like you have, but to me, it's, it's utterly fascinating. It really is. It really is. And it just puts more emphasis on the fact that we shouldn't be scared to say, I forgot. Arguably, it's two of the most fearful words you could say to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking from experience as a memory coach, yet there I am, a memory coach who, on the record, forgets things. And our brains are no different. Memory coaches' brains have been scanned. Our physiology is no different. And we will forget things if we don't use the strategies. And hopefully people listening, whether you're learning a language, that forgetfulness is a key part to learning. And I'm going to ask you, Mark, why do you think forgetfulness is so important to learning something new? Oh, sure. Interview the host. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say because it... it, it um increases your muscle memory if you or recall muscle muscle memory that's the best i can come up with okay okay we'll talk about muscle memory in a moment and does it exist so i like that you brought that up it in fact highlights what you don't know oh not not a trick question it avoids the illusion of learning that familiarization is memorization the perfect example is Read a newspaper, say today, and then read it a week later. And you'll open the newspaper up and you'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 I know this page. Familiarity. Okay, well, if you know this page, what's on the next page? And you'll find you won't be able to remember, potentially. And if you don't remember, that's fantastic because you know what? Now you can tailor your learning to spend more time on the parts you forgot just like language learning, Mark. You keep forgetting what the French word is for clothes. So why waste all your time learning all these other words that you're really competent at, but your forgetfulness has highlighted a key area that you need to spend more time and energy on. So now your learning is much more effective and efficient. So instead of us looking at forgetfulness as this negative, scary thing, we should actually move closer towards it. I'm excited when I forget something because I'm like, Yes. <laughs> That's the first and last time. Hopefully I'll forget that. <laughs> well, let me ask you this question because our conversation is spurring up questions for me. So Brilliant. listener, I, I'm very selfish. I do this podcast for myself um, <laughs> and you just have to listen in. So let's say we want to learn something new. Like I'm always, I read a book a couple years ago, Life 3.0. It's about, you know, mm. have you heard of that book? I haven't, but I'm just sending it to my watch. Yes. It's it's uh, it's a book about artificial intelligence and machine language and all sorts of stuff. Mm. And a lot of concepts are like, like from me to Pluto and beyond. I'm like, holy cow, what's this guy talking <laughs> about? But I just I really slowed down in that book. But let's say you want to learn something new, whether it's a well, let's not use language because you already talked about the context and stuff like that and and vocabulary. Yeah. Let's say someone says, you know, Jordan. You need to start learning, you know, 
all to, to, to learn how machine language, how artificial intelligence works, and you're like, I don't know the first thing about that. How would you, mm-hmm. Jordan, go through learning something brand new? You have no yep. idea how to start learning about it. Fantastic question, because that's what everyone wants to know is how do you apply these techniques? And so firstly, I always schedule my priorities. I don't let my priorities schedule me. So I'm kind of dancing around the question, but I'll come back to it. No, because that's, that's something I listeners hear from me all the time. Tell your time where to go <laughs> instead of instead of wondering yeah. where it went. So you're doing exactly what I teach. Oh, powerful. I, and I use Stephen Covey's Time Matrix. Are you familiar? Oh, cool. No. A productivity guy? <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> hey, I don't want to assume. I don't want to assume. <laughs> so I live off. And in fact, I've got it up in front of me. I live off the Time Matrix. You are a nerd. You're just uh, like me. <laughs> See, we speak the same language. Yes, yes, we do. And now you can use straightforward, just like I did. <laughs> <laughs> or straight away. <laughs> and so with this, I always look at just in time information and not just in case. So even as you said, you know, Jordan, have you heard about life 3.0? I was like, I've added it to my watch list, being very candid, saying, yeah, I'll get round to that. However, right now, that's not in my schedule of priorities right now. It will do eventually, and I'm sure I will take golden nuggets away. However, if I was giving a public talk tomorrow, I really should be consuming content on public speaking. Mm -hmm. But let's come back. Let's say I am fascinated right now in this present moment about AI and its integration with our lives as it consists of today. The first place I'd go to is I'd look for people with the results that I want. I just in all areas of my life. I look for people with the results that I want. Now, of course, it's contextual. So I'm always looking at the Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law is, you know, when you set a deadline, that the task will amount to the time allotted to the task. So if you set yourself a month away to learn a skill, well, because you've set a month away, you believe it's going to take 30 days, which Mm -hmm. is quite daunting. Yep. Therefore... You impose that it's going to be quite difficult. It's also the goldfish principle because the goldfish will grow oh, to the size of the tank. That, oh, say that again, so Mark. The goldfish uh, symptom. The goldfish. I forgot the word. Goldfish syndrome. It's like if you get uh-huh. a goldfish, a little baby goldfish, yeah. it'll grow to the size of the tank. So <laughs> if you have a big tank, you have big goldfish. If you have a small yeah. tank, be small goldfish. And it doesn't matter how many goldfish are in the tank. Apparently, I used to have goldfish when I was a young kid. If you get a big enough tank, those goldfish yep. will get to be huge. So, yes, mm. same, same concept. 100%. So, the, the two steps covered already. So, number one, find someone with the results that I want. Number two is I'm setting a deadline to avoid Parkinson's law. So, I'll be setting a deadline in a shorter time period. Now, of course, I can hear some people be like, well, surely if you go to 12 months, you cut to six months, then you should be cutting it to three months. <laughs> so <laughs> let's keep it very simple. Yes. Let's say you have something to work towards because that's always something you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just be doing things for the sake of doing them. That in a month's time, you're giving a talk on AI. Okay. Of course, this is just for argument's sake. Now, why can't you get up to speed in two weeks? And so then you look at it, okay, what do I need to do to get up to speed in two weeks? Now, this changes everything because now you use Pareto's law. I'm speaking everyone's language. 
the 80 20 principle. Yep. Because trust me, even if you have been in the field of AI since the day you were born, you are still not going to be able to keep up with the information coming out every single day on it. It's impossible. 100%. Millions of books are published every month. Even as a speed reader who is in lockdown for the rest of your life, you will not get through all those books, even on a single topic. So you need to understand, okay, what level do I need to get to by that date? So number one, find some of the results that I want. It may be on YouTube. It may be in a book form. It may be uh, in my network. Because you need to find someone who has been through the learning journey before. Because Warren Buffett, I love this quote, said it's great to learn from your own mistakes, but it's better to learn from someone else's. Yeah, I love that. That is mm. so powerful. One of the people I, I don't mean to interrupt you here. No, um, please do. That, that I really admire is Brendan Burchard. Now, if you don't know Brendan Burchard, he yeah, is named by Oprah Winfrey, is one of the leading technology, leading teachers and trainers on personal development. Oprah Winfrey, you probably heard of her. Wow. He started from a poor family with nothing mm-hmm. in Butte, Montana. Now he makes seven, eight figures a year. Okay. I look at him and I'm like, okay, why reinvent the wheel? He has courses and books and podcasts. This is how you do it. Tony mm. Robbins, another example. Elon Musk, uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Tim mm. Ferriss. You don't have to go, oh, how do I do this? Like you just said, I love it. You brought this up, by the way. No one's ever brought this up on the show before. Um, I'm glad. You know, there's so many people that have done what you want to do. Yeah. Why waste your time, your precious time, going, I'm not going to find an expert. I'm going to I'm gonna learn it myself because it could take you years. But if you go find someone... And we live in the 21st century. There's technology, mm-hmm. there's books, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of things. You can find this stuff out if you truly want to find this stuff out. And Jordan, I really believe you got to want it because the information's mm-hmm. out there. The experts are out mm-hmm. there. The training's out there. You have got to want to get off your duff and go do something about it. So you can't say, I don't know where it is because it's out there. Would you agree? Yep. If you're listening to this podcast, you have no excuse. Because if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you have access to the internet. Yep. And to put it simply, the process of, and just kind of really summarize it into a nice little ball, what we discussed. So if I was to learn about AI, I'd do the three things. Number one, find, I guess, a mentor, find some results I want. You don't have to actually know them. Number two is set a deadline, Peter Drucker, what gets measured, gets managed. And number three, which I believe is the most important, is half your deadline. It's a fictitious deadline. It's the idea that that is the imposed deadline. Now, of course, you know deep down that isn't. (laughs) But for the purpose of your learning journey, please treat it as if it was. Because, and there's a number of reasons why. One, you cut out all the crap. And number two, more importantly, when you get there, things will go wrong. Things will go wrong. You'll get rid of all the rubbish, but more importantly, there'll be things that you can't manage. Yep. And let me tell you something. When I I used to be in school, okay, Mm -hmm. and they say, here's a four week project, I would always do it that first week because (laughs) I, now I I wasn't a productivity expert back then, but now I know people go, I work my best on the last night before something's due. I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, What happens if your power goes out? You lose the internet. A tree branch falls in your house. 
your kid gets sick. People look mm-hmm. at me like, oh, yeah, because now there's no wiggle room. But if we do what you said, half the deadline, a month, now you're getting done two weeks, and you don't get done two weeks, you still have buffer. And I don't think people take a step back and go, wow, that buffer feels good because if you get it done in two weeks, wow, maybe proofread it, fancied up or something like that. But if you go to the deadline, the absolute deadline, uh, that's a problem if anything goes wrong and there's a lot can go long, wrong. Like I said, the internet can go wrong. Mm. Then what are you going to do? Mm. Very true. Very true. And so that's how I would approach the task. In the simple, any task, any learning skill, find someone who's done it already. Set a deadline and half that deadline. Well, that's that that's gold. And listener, if you missed it, there's this cool invention in the podcast player. It's called a, <laughs> a rewind button. You might want to listen to this episode again because Jordan gave you so many simple ideas. So, like he said earlier, there's no excuses. You're the only person that's standing in the way from you achieving what you want to achieve, whether it's to mm-hmm. learn a new skill or whatever, it's you. So get out of your own way. So, Jordan, mm-hmm. where can we find out more about you? Oh, no, before we do that, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Let's go back to muscle memory. I wrote it down here. We didn't talk yes. about muscle memory. So let's talk about mem- muscle mm-hmm. memory before we end the show. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So I'll ask you really quickly again, Mark. Sorry, I'm flipping the table. <laughs> it's more cause it, it will help me. It will help me. So what do you know about muscle memory? Muscle memory, the way I understand it, is the more you do something through repetition, your brain knows you know, how to do that thing. For example, I run every day. So my body knows, okay, he's going to run three to four miles every day, mm. and I know how to pace myself. I know that... You know, I know where my one mile markers are because I run the same route in the morning because it's dark out here in Houston. And so, to me, that's how I understand muscle memory. Am I close? Spot on. You're oh. spot on. Okay. And there's two things that are going to break down the the big term muscle memory um, because muscle memory and once again learning and this is the point I was going to make is simply attaching new knowledge to pre existing knowledge. Mm. So anything I'm saying right now and arguably nothing that any of us have said is pure. And when I say pure, as in it's formulated from our minds and our minds alone. So what I'm about to say is only based on the readings that I've done and it could all change tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So from the studies that I've read, and of course the communities I'm in, the studies have shown that there's no such thing as muscle memory. The idea that someone could throw a punch at you and automatically you, you know, the block to use. And it's just, sub, you know, you're subconscious and it's just, it's there. There's two things going on. And let's take your running a mile and that muscle memory performing the task. So number one is habit formation. So to begin with, there's a cue. So what time do you go running? You said in the evening? No, six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning. My apologies. I heard dark. And assumed it was evening. Well, so, no, it, it is dark. It, it, well, actually, now because we're getting the summer, it's beginning to get lighter. But I go first uh-huh. thing in the morning. I'm a member of the 5 a.m. club. Oh, God, that makes me sick and scared just thinking about that. Well, you know, no, <laughs> let me just take us before you complete your thought. I read a book from, from Robert and Sharma called the 5 a.m. club. And I Ooh. had fought the 5 a.m. club for so long. Like, ah, that's a bunch of nonsense. But I'm a, I'm a crash test dummy when it comes to all things productivity. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try it. The book is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's written like a parable. It's written stories. Really cool. And I said, you Love know that. what, Mark? 
why don't you try it? And I'll be honest mm. with you, the first couple nights were really, really challenging because my body goes, mm. uh, dude, why are we going to bed so early? Because obviously you get up early, you have to go to bed early. But yeah. now I love it. And I get up seven days a week, seven days a week at 5 a.m. And mm. I used to go running at 5 a.m., but Jordan, there's some weird people out before COVID-19. Um, there's some weird people out at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm like They're not like up uh. early. They're up from the night before, and I'm like, yeah. You come around a corner, you see someone staggering. I'm like, okay. So I go like at six o'clock in the morning. That's not lactic that's, acid. That's yeah. a, that's a long answer to your question. That's fantastic, and you know maybe I've got to catch myself because I've been waking up earlier, you know, for the past couple of months. Uh, but the, we digress. So the habit is number one. There's the cue. So the cue is let's say your alarm clock. The routine is you put on your running outfit. And you leave the house. Right to go on your run. Now the reward is: How do you feel after you've completed your run, Mark? I let me put it this Nine way: I could, not, I could not imagine not running. Let me put it that way: mm. I love running. I look forward to mm. it. It's thirty minutes where I'm just listening to an audiobook or music, and I don't have to deal with the troubles of the world. I just go out and run. It's I'm not trying to Perfect. impress anyone. I'm not trying to run a marathon. I'm just trying to run because I love to run. Powerful. So, like I said, there's two things going on here. Number one is the habit formation. So the cue is waking up, the routine is getting dressed and going for the run, and the reward is that utopia feeling that you get afterwards, that overwhelming love and productivity, that locked-in focus potentially. And that is, number one, how you continually perform that action now to talk a little bit more about the muscle now this is where we talk about neuroscience so what happens is when you perform a motor skill whether that be making a cup of coffee or a larger motor skill going for a run there's neuro pathways in your brain and you've all seen the little images like spider webs across your brain and these electric signals are fired whenever you perform a task now what your fire mark is especially with jogging performing a task like that it's very systematic. I'm sure you've gone jogging and you can't remember what you're doing for the past five, ten minutes. <laughs> yes. Especially right now, um, I'm listening to a really cool audio book and I'm like, oh, the time's up already? <laughs> That's a good thing. And the reason for that is because that neural pathway, and you know, we're really going to simplify it now. Let's just say there's three pathways that light up every time you go jogging. Well, the more that you light these pathways up, there's a sheaf. There's a piece of myelin, it's called. Mm -hmm. And picture it like a sausage. You know, the three roads we've got are the meat of the sausage. And then this skin that wraps around the outside of the sausage. That gets thicker every single time the signal of this road is lit up. So every time Mark goes for his run, tomorrow morning, those three pathways in his brain light up. Electrical signals. Now, really simple. The more insulation these pathways have, the faster the signal can travel. Therefore, when we talk about muscle memory, and it's usually used in examples where athletes automatically know what to do, not necessarily true. It's a case of they know what to do. It's their pathways are so well insulated that for their brain to tell their left leg to move can happen within milliseconds Mm. because that electrical signal can be passed at lightning speed. 
Now, of course, when you first start running and you don't have quote unquote muscle memory, it's because those roads aren't wrapped in much <laughs> sausage skin. People listening at this point are like, roads, sausage skin? <laughs> I thought we were talking about learning. What's he talking about? <laughs> God, these British people are going crazy in lockdown. <laughs> uh, but over time, that will build. And it will only build if you can perform and maintain a habit. So the long way I went about it, Mark, is there is no such thing as muscle memory. Instead, there's two things going on right now, and that is habit formation, and that is the insulation of these pathways with myelin. I love it. I, I love it. And I, I will tell you just as little asterisk for what you just said. We're mm. recording this on May 25th. So, folks, you're listening to this on May 26th. So it's really like we just did this interview. On May awesome. 25th, it was my 1,000th first day. 1,001 consecutive days of running at least one mile a day. Wow. So, Unless they get abducted by aliens when you listen to this podcast, uh, it should be 1,002 days. So I hope not. Oh, I wow. love running. But yeah, and people, and what's amazing, people go, how did you run a thousand, uh, like on May 24th, it was a thousand days in a row. Like, How'd you get to a thousand days in a row? I'm like, well, one day turned into two, which turned into four, mm. which turned into eight, which turned into a thousand. You start with one mm. and people go, well, are you ever going to take a break? I said, a break for me is running one mile. I usually run three to four miles a day. Mm. When you run every day, you can't take a day off. Because then you start over at one. And the number one, Jordan, scares the crap out of me. Okay? There's no way I'm going to start over at one after running a thousand Mm. thousand days in a row. Ain't going to happen. So, anyways, a little asterisk for you there. So, um, get back to what I said before. We talked about memory, uh, muscle memory. Where can we find more about you online and everything you do? Awesome. I'm always up for having great conversations, you know, about anything to do with learning. So I'm most active on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Jordan Harry and just look for my smiley little face. (laughs) Alternatively, I'm on Instagram, not as Jordan Harry, because someone else has that and he refuses to give it to me. So if you'd like to message at Jordan Harry and bug him, I will give you free access to my course. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, to tell me you've bugged him, I'm at Jordan with two N's, Harry, two Y's. And like I said, please let me know you came from this podcast and um, let's have a conversation. I learned just as much from you, Mark, and from your listeners, because I'm always involving myself in the conversation. And I guess I now I'll tell everyone my age. I'm 23 years young and I've been teaching memory and speed reading for only five years. So um, just put that in perspective. If you listen to this podcast, I learned from reading books. You'll be able to learn how to build a business or to build a better you because you're holding a device right now. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. And I can't help but thinking, uh, whenever I hear someone with your accent, I think of um, <laughs> um, Simon Cowell. So do you walk away around in uh, white T-shirts and uh, un- unshaven face? Uh, <laughs> and great teeth. Oh, oh, yeah. She's got great teeth. I'll, I'll great say that. Teeth. But, uh, you know, I, a lot of people don't like Simon Cowell. But let me tell you something. He's a no BS kind of guy. If mm-hmm. he doesn't like your talent, he says you're horrible. And I think mm-hmm. we need to be get away from being politically correct. If mm-hmm. you know, don't be rude to people like he is. But if someone asks you, hey, does this look good on me? Don't say sure when you think it looks ugly to him, unless you're your enemy. OK, so be polite. Be careful. What's that? Kill them with kindness. Yes, eh? kill them with kindness. So, Jordan, absolute delight having you on the show today. I, I learned thank a lot. You. I know my listener did. So, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolute pleasure.
And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com, and take the free seven-question productivity quiz. Find out how productive you are, really. If this show really helped you, please reach out to Jordan and tell him you appreciated his appearance on the show and let him know what your big takeaway was, okay? Everything you need to know is in the show notes. If you didn't get it from the episode, it was a great, awesome episode for you today. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.